that the liberals really love. Oh, yeah. We're going to start on Leviticus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the anti-right, the anti-animal, or the <laughs> the animal rights. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, the animal rights folks are going to lose their dookie over this oh, one. No. <laughs> we love y'all, man. We love y'all. We, we want y'all to understand that this is no frivolity in, in, some, uh, in some animal slaughter. There is uh, an important picture that is going to be uh, illustrated here. It's not necessarily something to uh, to make light of, yeah. uh, because it is going to be a rather uh, you know well, it's going to be a little bit of a gruesome chapter, yeah. right? It's going to be a little bloody, and um, and of course it is not all for for naught. There is a reason for it. The Book of Leviticus is um, it's our priestly manual, Amen. right? And it's going to be some. Uh, it's gonna be a, you know, a gruesome learning experience as you read it, right? But I mean, you want to talk about? I mean, we're just reading it. Uh, but for those who had to do it, to uh, internalize the lesson of what it meant, um, you know, praise be to God. That's not a a method of instruction, and I, and it had to be done, y'all. It had to be done. You know, this was this is a lesson that has made it to us thousands of years later. Right. Right. And um, and for and if, and if and this is one of this is the thing about it, y'all, if anybody sees the instruction of it as pointless, the only reason why the instruction itself would be pointless is if you see it as pointless. The only reason why it would be pointless is if you don't see Yeshua in it. Yeah. Right. He true. is the redeemer, ain't he? Yeah. So he's the one who actually redeems the lesson. Yes. Yes. He's the reason why that lesson was taught that way in the first place. Mm-hmm. And what makes it pointless is after this this really hardcore school of hard knocks lesson was taught. Even after that, people said, "Well, you're not really him." Mm. These are the people who made that lesson for nothing. Oh, that's so true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's well said. That's what makes the lesson for nothing. If you, even when people say that, well, Jesus died for nothing. Jesus only died for nothing. If you think like, like, you know, people say that, well, look at how bad the world is. And what what did Jesus accomplish? Well, if you're going to be among those who choose not to believe Jesus, you are exactly why he died for nothing. Yes. Right. And Jesus didn't die for nothing. Right. Because I'm a fan. Me too. I'm one of his sheep, baby. I'm <laughs> down with it, right? We, we, you know, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. Right? And, uh, you know, I'm thankful that I've got me a God-sent one who says, you're darn right. <laughs> you know? So I'm like, yes, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Okay, we're going we to serve the Lord then. So, you know, that's, uh, uh, darn it, darn it. <laughs> you know, so, you know, and, and, and that being the case, if I really respect, you know, what Yeshua is doing, then, I want to be among those that, hey, Yeshua, what you did, it definitely wasn't in vain because I'm with it. I, yes. I see the lesson. I see how this plays out. I understand that Leviticus is going to be this basis, right, of this of, 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 our, of our priestly walk. And what is the, uh, the priestly walk? When we look at the Leviticus as our priestly manual, what's it, what's it getting down to? I mean, because this is, this is really getting down to the core. The whole book is basically our priestly walk. In yeah. that it is the instruction of who Yeshua is, right? Yeah. Your priestly walk begins with you understanding who Yeshua is. Your moral walk, your understanding of the universe, right? All the things that we're trying to answer and all that stuff, all that lies in Yeshua. He is the author of the laws that lay, uh, he is the one who laid the foundation of the universe. He's the one Amen. who instituted this law that keeps this thing that we call reality together. Right. He is the basis of it. So the physical law, the moral law, you want to be able to know that. And that you learn in Yeshua himself. Right. That's what you got to know. 
So Leviticus is going to get down to the core of that. And as if Exodus didn't like really, you know, boogie on our brain and to take us deep into in how the tabernacle represents. It was uh, deep. It, right. I, I, I think, <laughs> you know, if I do say so myself, yeah, it was pretty profound. Right. <laughs> and uh, well, Leviticus is going to double down on it. Yes. Right. So uh, let's dig into it. Let us get, you know, speaking of, um, uh, you know, when we're talking about, uh, you know, Yeshua, who, who is the instruction. Well, let's go ahead and get the counselor of our instruction in here. Let's get the Holy Spirit in here in the name of our uh, high priest and king, Yeshua. And Lord, we trust in you uh, for the instruction. You are the instruction. Mm. Uh, we trust in you to help us, you know, make sense of this. We trust in you to make sense of it for us. Yes. Uh, get the word in us, marin uh, you know, let it marinate and, uh, and bring it to fruition. Help us to bear fruit with it. Um, you know, help us to promote your healing word. And, uh, you know, inspire folks to be disciples of you. And uh, so we thank you for that, Lord. We want to promote your healing word. Be that salt and light. Help preserve, you know, the liberty that you bless us to be able to have and make the best and the most of it. And, uh, you know, we pray for uh, our nation. We pray for those elected to represent us, uh, whether they are our enemies uh, in office, whether there are, you know, enemies even next door. We pray for them to pray for, uh, for the, to receive your peace and truth. We yes, all Lord. need your peace and truth. And, um, you know, and that's that's the answer. You are the answer. And um, we want people to be, um, you know, we want people to be on board with that. You know, and we hope they they, they come to that uh, peaceably. Yes, Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yes, Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. Leviticus. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so now, uh, offerings without defect. Now, Adonai called to Moses and spoke to him out of the tent of meeting saying, speak to B'nai Israel and tell them when anyone of you brings an offering to Adonai, you may present your offering of livestock from the herd or from the flock. Okay. Let's start breaking that down. Um, it's going to say speaks to him out of the tent. All right. So, the tent, y'all, let's reiterate what the tent is. When we talk about this tent, the word for it is going to be ohel. And ohel, when it's talking about this tent, it, it means something that you can recognize as a tent from a long distance. Like even when you see it, you should be able to eat it. Like anything else that you look at, you'd be like, huh, what's that? What's that out there in the distance? No, this you can look at and say, oh, yeah, that's a tent. Hmm. Right? And not only is it something that you should clearly recognize as a tent, it's coming from the word, ohel for tent is coming from the word a hall, and a hall means something that's brilliant or shining. Mm. So you're looking out in the distance and you're seeing this shiny, brilliant figure that is obviously or clearly a tent, right? It's like it's got neon signs around it saying, yeah, <laughs> this is a tent. Why is that? Because remember, y'all, the tabernacle represents Yeshua. They're learning to build this thing because they're constructing the lesson of who Yeshua is. That's why it's called the tent of meeting, right? You're preparing to meet Yeshua. They meet there for the purpose of learning to meet who Yeshua is, right? Recognizing when he shows up, meaning when he shows up, you should clearly recognize him, Yeah. right? He's going to be, it's almost like a neon sign around and say, yeah, that's him, okay? So you have no excuse to miss it when he shows up. All right. Amen. Okay. So, um, let's see. And then it's going to talk about, um, anyone, right? The word, when it says anyone, it's referring to anyone or people. And the word for anyone or people in this is Adam, right? Referring to mankind. That's the word that they're going to use here is, is Adam. And now y'all, I know that there's people out there who think that, um, you know, when God created Adam, he was talking about mankind, so God created a full population of people. That's not how it worked, okay? It's no. The, the, the world was populated with Adam and Eve, and those were your, uh, how do you say, progenitors? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I always goof up on that word, all right? <laughs> so, no, there was no other human beings that God created. He didn't create a race of mankind. It started with that. You don't think God is capable of that? God can create the whole universe, but he can't like create like two people and then the world populate from there. That, that's not an issue. Right? God can actually facilitate that. Um, we don't need to like 
give God help with these things to right. make it logical to us. All yeah. right? God can handle it. <laughs> um, so at any rate, the word uh, is Adam and the word Adam from the word a dome. And it's the same Adam, a dome are also in the same word family as the word Edom. These were, these names are variations of each other. Adam, Adom, and Edom. They mean the same, they pretty much mean the same thing. And they're referring to mankind. And these words refer to something also as ruddish, ruddy in color, reddish in color. Okay. So when you're saying Adam, you're referring to man, but you're also referring to something reddish in color, right? So is it possible that Adam himself could have had a ruddy complexion, right? Could he have been like reddish in color, him and, him and Eve, a little bit reddish in color? That's possible. It's, it's basically an implication of the first complexions list. Like the first complexions listed that I know of are gonna be ham, which is like burnt brown, uh, kush, which means black or burned black. And then you have, even before that, you have uh, Adam which is implicated in his meaning is the color red or something ruddy in color. Um, now, now before any of this, because I know that we got a lot of folks out there to claim, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 116th or, or, or you could have Elizabeth Warren out there, 1,000 right. I'm, 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 I'm red, I'm red, I'm, I'm a red skin, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Native <laughs> American and stuff like that. And I know some people be like, you know, you might let that Native American pride get ahead of them and say, that's right, I knew it, we were the first people on earth. <laughs> hey, let me remind y'all just the way I remind the Afrocentrics who claim to be they were the first people on earth. Hey, look, if you're the first of God's creation, that means that you were the first to get on God's nerves. Mm-hmm. And, it's your, it. <laughs> and it's your fault <laughs> that death entered the world. So a lot of people, if, if that's the case, a lot of people got a lot, a lot of reason to be mad at you, okay? Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody should want the credit Amen. <laughs> of being the first of God's creation. Yes. All right? <laughs> because if, if it's found out that you are, we got issues with you. Yes. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> So nobody should want credit for that. Um, but y'all, well <clears throat> but um, okay, so let's see. The thing is, y'all, it's, it's, it's more than that in the sense that um, Adam, just like Edom or Esau, Adam has a replacer, hmm. just as Esau had a replacer, all right? Jacob came out grasping at Esau's heel, right? Jacob's name means, basically Jacob's mean, his name comes from the word Akeb, right? And the word Akeb means heel. And the reason why Jacob's name means the replacer or the usurper, right, or the supplanter, is because of the action of what he was doing when he was born. He came out holding onto his brother's heel. Yeah. That's, they took that as a sign of Jacob wanting to share in the inheritance of his brother, right? It's like, look, if, I, if I'm holding on to your heel, yeah. right, that means we're coming out as one unit. That means that your blessing is my blessing. Right, yeah. so we're coming out at the same time. So that's why they, it's like, oh, oh, how cute he's like. He's like almost like trying to, you know, is you know, baby talking, whatever. But they took that's what they took the implication as. That's why him being the heel catcher, right? Mm-hmm. His name Jacob comes from Akeb, which means heel. But in in this context, it means the heel catcher, wow. right? So Jacob in nature himself is the replacer to replace Edom or Esau, right? Edom meaning the same thing as Adam. And Adam has a replacer. Jesus is referred to as the last Adam, Yes. right? That's what the word says. It calls Yeshua Adam, the last one, right? So let's see. So you got Esau saying, yo, man, you trying to weasel in on my blessing, bro? <laughs> right? You trying to replace me? He said, well, technically, yeah, right? So <laughs> if we and if we looked at, uh, oh, just really quick, if we look at uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 1545, and it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Yeshua is our replacer. Okay, now here's the thing. 
Edom, <clears throat> just like Adam, wanted instant gratification. Mm, yeah. Right? And incidentally, and both of them, just really quick, Adam and Edom both gave up their blessing, didn't they? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Remember, Edom and Adam, it's the same word family. All it means kind of the same thing. It means something red. Okay? Adam more specifically speaks to mankind, right? But his name also means red or ruddish in color. Edom means reddish or ruddish, uh, uh, reddish or ruddy in color, right? And they both gave up their, up their blessing over instant gratification, yeah. right? So Esau, also Esau's name means to accomplish, right? Advance, it's, uh, he, he does work, he's a doer, yeah. right? Now Esau represents our mindset in that we can accomplish or we can redeem ourselves, we can do the works that can, can, that can be seen as good by other people, acceptable among men. We can do things that can, you know, that may even be good enough for God, right? I'm a good person, mm-hmm. right? I could do these works, right? And, or, and I can do good for whatever it is that I think I deserve. Jacob represents what replaces that idea, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. In that grace in Yeshua is what's sufficient for you. Yeah. Right. And then you do works based on that. If you think that you could do the works that make you acceptable to God, you're doing it backwards. Yes. Right. You work by God's grace. You work by faith. Okay? And, and you accept the faith of, of that the Lord has given you. And then you do the work. Yeah. Right. For his glory, not for your own. Yes. And say, I did this and this should be acceptable to God. I'm a good person. Right. That's backwards. Right. That that way of thinking has been totally replaced by Yeshua. Actually, it's been really uh, driven home. Right. Because a long time ago, God was like, look, man, it's it's actually the obedience. <laughs> right. That, that yes. I'm looking for. It's not, yeah. it's not about all about all this work and this and, the, and what you're going to have to do to atone for it. It's like, won't you just be obedient? Yeah. Right. And um, because I it's because I've given you the grace to do so. Yeah. Right. God started this whole thing with grace. Whole thing started with grace. Sure did. Right. So um, now another uh, parallel between Adam and Edom, Adam and Edom, um, I should say Adam and Eve because I don't want people to think I'm trying to say like Adam and Edom, you know. Right. No. <laughs> I'm, talk, I'm talking about the, the parallels and the, the meaning of their name. Okay. Um, Esau had the, it, Esau had the ability to hunt, y'all. He was a good hunter. Right. Not only was he a good hunter, he was a good cook. <laughs> a really good cook. So it's, it's like, why would he come to Jacob and be like, yo, Jacob, break yourself, man. Give me that food. <laughs> I want that red stuff, man. Give me some of that red stuff. The red stuff. You know, and Jacob's like, man, d- 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 don't you hunt? You know, <laughs> yeah. don't you hunt? You can cook. You want my food? It's almost like, it's like, you know, when you give your, your pets like food, it's like you put one bowl here, one bowl there, and they got the same food. But yeah. they want to eat out of the same bowl, and one is going to push on man, get out there. <laughs> it's like, it's like, man, you got the same food. You know, it's because it's an animal's nature to covet. Yeah. Right? So Edom coveted his brother's food. <laughs> right? Give me some of that red stuff. So Adam, now, and Esau was, I mean, dude, man, it, you, you already had the blessing. Amen. You had the blessing already. It was already yours. And you forfeited yeah. that. The same way with Adam. Adam was born blessed for real. Right. Right. You're born in paradise, man. You're immortal. The universe is your yeah. backyard. You're gainfully employed. You guys know the story. Right. Adam gave all that up over instant gratification, yeah. suckered by an accusation. Right. God's holding out on you. You could have all this knowledge, man. You can even, you can, and they didn't care what kind of knowledge it was. It was knowledge. Knowledge is power and everybody wants yeah. it, right? Right. Well, that's, that's what they wanted. And they saw an opportunity and they took it. Okay, so instant gratification. And what happened? Esau wanted that instant gratification. Esau was born red. It tells you upon his birth, he was red and hairy. He's a hairy red guy, right? I don't know if that means he was a ginger, he was, but he was, you know, he was a hairy red guy, right? Hairy red kid, right? So uh, it was probably like pretty tough though. So I don't know if the kids picked on him or not. Right. <laughs> but at any rate, but the thing is y'all, even though Esau was born red, he wasn't recognized as red. His skin didn't become an issue until he sold his birthright 
and took his brother's food, and, and, and his brother gave him his food. Give me that red stuff. I'll give you my birthright. Here it is. And then from then on, that's when they started calling Esau Edom after he ate the red stuff. When he was instantly gratified, selling his birthright wow. is when his skin became an issue. When Adam ate from the tree, instantly gratifying himself, his skin became an issue. Wow. Right? So you can see the parallels there. These pictures are starting to line up. really interesting. Right? Wow. Um, and on a side note, I've, I've heard some folks say that um, Adam ate the fruit. You know, it's kind of a romantic little love story, you know, kind of like a Romeo and Juliet kind of thing. That Adam ate the fruit uh, was, a, was like a picture of Christ and that he was giving up his life for Eve's transgression. She ate, so he ate, you know, to, to, to redeem her. I've heard that before. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't. I wouldn't agree with that because the problem is, is that this still displeased God. He kicked them both out of the garden. Yes. Right? Hello. It's like, Adam, you, you you didn't consult with me, man, if that was right. a good move or not. Or, matter of fact, you guys didn't consult with me at all. Yeah. You guys took counsel from the devil and didn't even and didn't invoke me any. Yeah. Right? He just left me out of the equation. And it's like, man, uh, it's oh God's almost like hey, tag me in, bro. Tag me in, <laughs> tag me in, yes. bro. And, and and they didn't, right? But God had to give him that option. Right, this God's got to let the free will thing play out. You got to come to God on your own choice, and they didn't. They chose the devil. Yeah. Right. So, um, okay. So now, and also, um, and and this will be assumed, y'all, that once again, that 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 would mean it would be a, a work, right? And right. Like, yeah, yeah. That uh, that 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 doesn't work. That doesn't work. You got to count. You got to call on the counsel of the Lord before you know doing something like that. Definitely. Because obviously, that had really bad. Uh, ramifications. All right, so um, let's see. I think uh, we've pretty much covered. Did I get okay? Now let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about um, uh, Jacob and his name referring to the heel. He's the heel yeah. catcher, right? Now the name of Jacob is coming from the word Akeb, which means heel. And keep in mind, y'all, who Yeshua descends through. Yeshua descends through Jacob, which means the heel, right? Yeah. That's what it refers to, the heel, more specifically the heel catcher, right? So now, if we, we break this down, reason why we're pointing to that is because what did God say to Satan? He says, and I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring, he will strike your head and you will strike his heel. The word for strike also means to overwhelm and the Israelites are repeatedly being striked at. Aren't so you? Yeah? Right, right. Yep. Now, God said he laid this curse. God laid this curse upon Satan, but he's, he's who strikes at the heel, right? We know that he strikes at the heel, but... Jacob is not only the heel, he's the heel catcher. Mm, yeah. Right? So, now, why the thing with this, y'all, is because, sadly enough, too many of our Jewish brothers and sisters, um, they don't recognize the difference. This is why this plays out like this, is because they don't recognize the difference, and that's why the majority of them are waiting for the Antichrist. You see what I'm saying? Right. They don't they, they, they can't see the difference. Um, they show they show even show that in the demonstration uh, demonstrated by uh, choosing Barabbas oh, over yeah. Yeshua. Right. They chose Barab yeah. uh, Barabbas over Yeshua. Um, let's see. Uh, looking at here. All right. Let's check this out. Um, keep in mind that Satan isn't the only one, y'all, who strikes at the heel. All right, the heel being Jacob. God himself also strikes at Jacob. Mm. Right? So now, now what, are you, so what are you saying? What are you saying, So Are you trying to say that God and the devil are saying? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> you got some people who think that. Right? Yeah. Some people think that God is saying, no, they're not they the same. They call themselves Christians too. Right? And, there's, and, this, and this is a, a, a good example of the nature of people because they will try to say that they're the same person. And, and the thing is, God knows that. And God uses that. All right? 
God uses things like that um, because here's the thing. Even though Jacob, Jacob is basically the heel nation. That's what, that's, you know, his descendants, his nation basically means the heel nation. Yeah. But it also means that they are the, they are the ones who are going to uh, give birth to the replacer, right? Yeshua yeah. is the one who replaces awesome. us for the wrath of God. Right. But this heel nation is the nation that the serpent is constantly striking at. The devil mm-hmm. is constantly striking at Israel. But God himself also strikes, uh, strikes Israel. Yeah. God himself also strikes Jacob, right? Didn't God send serpents? Yes. After, after, the, uh, after Jacob, the heel nation? Yeah. Yeah, he did. Sure did. And when they struck him, what did he tell them to do? I need you to look at this serpent, this bronze one. Remember, y'all, the bronze represents redeemer, right? Yeah. Redemption, salvation. God's like, I need you to look at this bronze serpent and you will be healed, heal nation. (laughs) Heal nation, look at this bronze serpent and you will be healed. Now, why is that? Why would God use a serpent to represent Christ? That doesn't seem to make any sense. (laughs) It makes total sense. You know why? Because just like that said earlier, people can't tell the difference, Yeah. right? They don't say, so God covers all the angles because the thing is, y'all, people, as the word says, woe to those who don't know good from evil and evil from good. Those, these lines are blurred with people, right? Mm-hmm. It has already been shown that when, um, when uh, Yeshua showed up, what did they accuse him of? They said, you do these works by the power of Beelzebub. You can't tell the difference between the work of God and the work of the devil. Right. Yeah. Right? That's why these figures, things like a serpent, it's like, look, man, the serpent is gonna bite you, and when you and when you need to create an anti-venom, you need a serpent anyway. Yeah. Right. You're gonna have to have. That's why the the, the bronze serpent. God says specifically that it has to be an image of a venomous serpent. Yeshua was also illustrated as a serpent when the staff of Aaron was turned into a serpent. Right. And swallowed the two other serpents of the warlocks that were sent to do battle with them. Right. That's a picture of Yeshua. Yeshua himself is depicted as a serpent. It doesn't mean that him and the devil are the same person. Absolutely not. The problem is, is that people look because people are drawn to darkness. <laughs> yes. People are drawn to it. They romanticize over it. Yep. God knows these things. People are fascinated with things like snakes. They can be totally afraid mm-hmm. of snakes, but they're fascinated with them. True. God knows all that. And God's like, okay, okay, I will put myself into even this image where you will have no excuse to not see me. Amen. Right? God does these things too. Good word. Right? So yes, even God himself has struck at the nation of the heel. But even with the nation of the heel, he is the replacer that came through the heel catching nation. He's the replacer. Yes. Right? So when you look at words like anyone in here, it specifically is going to use the word Adam, right, to, to point that out. So, you know, just thought we would, uh, just thought we would kind of go there for a second. That was a fun dive. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's see. Let's read on. Let's read on. Uh, I was going to talk a little bit about, um, maybe we'll do it in another chapter. No, no, the heck with it. Let's do it right now. You brought it up, Zoe. Right. Right? <laughs> you brought it up anyway. Uh, when it's talking about livestock, I want to cover this really quick because a lot of people think that, um, uh, animals uh, were not meant for us to eat. You have those that you know feel that we were supposed to only eat fruits um, and beans, or I don't, I don't know, uh, <laughs> fruits and beans. Um, this this is not true, okay? Um, because even in the Garden of Eden, there was livestock, right? The classification, the class, the, the, the distinctions between these animals. There was livestock, and there was wild animals. But, but there was no death. Yes, there was. Okay? Death, even sin, even sin went into the world, y'all, before the law did. Right? Before the law was codified. I mean, God is the law, but before the law was codified, as in with Exodus, before it was codified, the law was already here, but sin actually went into the world first. Right? And if there's sin, y'all, there's death. But the thing is, death was not supposed to have dominion over mankind. It wasn't, that, that didn't happen until the transgression. But, but the thing is, man, Adam, still knew what death was. God could not warn Adam of something that Adam couldn't understand. 
Yeah. That would not be a just God. That's true. Adam had to know what death was in order to be warned about death. You do mm-hmm. this, you will die. Adam couldn't be like, die? What's that? I have no idea what that is. And it wasn't like God says, well, you don't want to know. <laughs> right? Adam had illustrations of what that was like because Adam had livestock. Livestock is meant for our consumption. All right. Wild animals were there also, and wild animals feed on each other. I know people say, well, what, doesn't the word of God say that the, the, the lamb will lay down with the wolf or the lion? A lot of people say it's, it's the lamb will lay down. With, I mean, uh, the lion will lay down with the sheep. It's, it says the wolf. But yeah. th- y'all, these are talking about nations and people who are hostile, hostile to the people of God. It's not necessarily talking about the I animal itself. It's, yeah, huh. it's talking about nations that are hostile to the Jews or hostile, who are going to be hostile to uh, uh, the people of God. Right. So it's not necessarily talking about animals per se, but in the Garden of Eden, they had livestock. Those are meant to be eaten, right? So now some would say that, well, the Bible says that uh, it's not until after the flood that, that Noah was allowed to eat, you know, animals and stuff like that. Now, actually, um, Abel, long before Noah, Abel was bringing sacrifices to God, okay. and that pleased God definitely way more than vegetarian Cain. All right. Yeah. <laughs> God's like, you know, somebody look, look, man, I, I appreciate you bringing me some vegetables and stuff like that. But um, you're doing that because that's what you think. You know, you think that that redeems you by bringing me like, you know, a, a fruit salad. That's that's nice of you and everything. But but Abel, Abel knows what's up. All right. You know, uh, so bring in that in, in, in a priestly order, y'all. When you when you make that sacrifice to God, there's his portion, right? The choice, the first the first fruits of it, if right. you will. But and then there's your portion, right? Yeah. So even animal sacrifice was done long before Noah because Abel himself was bringing God animal sacrifices. All right. Yeah. Now people will say that you know, well, it was wasn't until after the fall, right? Eating meat mm-hmm. is a sin because. It's uh, only because of our fallen nature. Yeah, I've heard it argued that mm. God had to do the first killing to cover them with the animal skins. Right? You know, so that, fall. yeah, that, which means that, you know, that it, we weren't so, well, but the thing is, y'all, um, God himself is never in a fallen state, and even God eats meat. All right? <laughs> you know? God yes. eats meat. He's never been fallen. Right. So the, the man's fall has nothing to do with if meat being permissible to eat or not. has oh, nothing to do with that. That's a good point. <laughs> All right? So I, I just wanted to point that out about the livestock. It's always been an illustration, y'all. It's always because the, the, the slaughter of the livestock is a picture of Christ. Right? But it's been a picture of mankind having the capacity to die. Man wasn't supposed to die. Man was created with the capacity to die. All right. That's a, it's a, it's a, it's a distinction between angels and man. Angels don't have the capacity. They weren't made to die. Right. That's the dip. That's the Bible lets you know. That's the, the, the big difference between us is that angels, they don't have the capacity to die. Mankind does. Yeah. Right. And there's 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 reasons for that, but we'll get too far into the weeds. Right. <laughs> but the, the thing is, man had the capacity, to die, but he wasn't meant to. Man could live forever. Right. But he was made out of finite material. Right. Yeah. To have this kind of connection and dependency with God. But because man transgressed, man was given over to basically the law of entropy. He could decay. Yeah. Right. So, um. But death itself, y'all, was already in existence. And a lot of people, they don't, they don't believe it. There was no such thing as death. Yes, there was. Or else Adam couldn't be warned about it. And be, God being the just God he is, is like, look, man, I'm not going to uh, give you a sanction that you can't understand. Mm, that's well said. Right? That wouldn't be a just God. This is what death looks like, Adam. You want yeah. some? Uh, no. Okay, well, don't eat from that tree. <laughs> yeah. Right? But they did anyway. And you know what that means? It means they had no excuse. That's oh, why they were banished my. from the garden. Right? Oh. No excuse. God is a just God. He covers all the angles. Yes. Right? No excuse. Okay, so let's, uh, let's wow. truck on. Um, if his sacrifice is a burnt offering from the herd, he, ha- he is to present a male without blemish. He is to offer it at the entrance of the tent of meeting so that he may be accepted before Adonai. He is to lay his hand on the head of the burnt offering so that it will be accepted for him to make atonement on his behalf. 
He is to slaughter the bull before Adonai. Then Aaron's sons, the Kohanim, are to, re, are to present the blood and splash it around the altar. That sounds like an obnoxious party, man. Woo, give me that blood. All right. No. Um, tag, like have some spray kings, like full of blood. No. Like, tag, like, sorry. Um, it's a, sorry, it's a solemn, solemn experience. All right. I was going to uh, say, do we have to do like a PG <laughs> rating on this one? <laughs> okay. It's a little violent. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, it's, it's gruesome. And splash around on the altar that is at the entrance of the tent of meeting. He is to skin the burnt offering and cut it into pieces. The sons of Aaron and the Cohen are to place fire on the altar and arrange wood upon the fire. And Aaron's sons, the Kohanim, shall arrange the pieces, the head, and the fat upon the wood that is on the fire, which is atop the altar. But its innards and its legs, he is to wash with water. The Kohen should burn it all up as smoke on the altar for the burnt offering made by fire. A soothing aroma to Adonai. Okay, so let's, uh, let's take it back to burnt. The word for burnt, y'all, is uh, Ola, just to, to, to recap. Uh, from the from our previous studies, Ola is going to mean to ascend, uh, like a smoke, uh, but it also means holocaust. All right, so mm. y'all even even then the Jews were warned. They were warned, right? Yeah. Keep to my statutes, man. Don't 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 look to any other gods. Don't look to any other to uh, man-made uh, philosophies, uh, uh, religions, or anything like that. You keep your eyes on me. If you don't, you gonna end up in a holocaust. Yeah. All right. So wow. God didn't lie. Right. Okay. So now, and then we go to the word. Let's take. Let's go to the word herd. Let's go to the word herd. All right. The herd word. And uh, <laughs> when we talk about uh, the word um, herd, um, now we're gonna from this herd we're gonna draw a bull. Right. That's that's what the, that's gonna be pulled from here. And y'all, the bull is important because the bull in in Egyptian culture is gonna be represented by Apis, and Apis is a is a chief deity. In Egyptian culture, even beginning back, way back then, right? And remember, y'all, the Jews were steeped in Egyptian culture. They were in there, yeah. you know, um, they were in bondage to them for like over 400 years. So they were steeped in Egyptian culture. So they recognized Apis as being the bull, the bull god that was sacrificed and reborn, right? Yeah. So yeah. God uses that to remind them, it's like, okay, we need a bull. Right. So you got so they can get the picture of what's going on with here. And it's going to use the word um, herd. And the word for herd is bakar. And including in its meaning is something that you search for, something that you seek out. Right. Strange. That's OK. You know, it's like it's, it's weird. It's it's funny how these these words mean something, but they have these this this definition attached to it. Yeah. Right. It's it's it, these these uh, definitions are married to each other. It's like, where is that coming? And that's exactly why. <laughs> yeah. It's like the, the Lord made it that way. It's like you gotta search. You gotta search the word. Look at it and be like, whoa, this word connects this yeah, to this. That's good. Yeah. Right. And remember, y'all, the gate. When it talks about the gate of the tabernacle, you you're supposed to calculate. You're supposed to make these connections. The Bible even talks about the ta tabernacle even being put together with connectors. Yeah. You're supposed to connect these things, right? And these yep. words connect a chain together, right? So the word bakar, like I said, when we talk about a herd, it's something that you have to search for or seek out. So you got to seek out this bull. You got to make the selection for this bull to be sacrificed. Um, Matthew 2, 7, 8. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and learned from them the exact time the star had appeared. And sending them to Bethlehem, he said, go and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, report to me so that I may go to worship him. Hmm. Right. The thing is, y'all, the one who was meant to be worshiped is the one that Herod want, wanted to be brought the one he had them search for is the one that he wanted brought to him to slaughter, to be put yeah. to death, right? So what are they supposed to do at the tabernacle? They're supposed to go out and search this bull without blemish, bring it to be put to death, right? So these pictures, they start to add up. Um, now, let's see, when we talk about the term blemish, the word blemish is uh, tamim. 
And when we say tamim, it's coming from the word tamim. And it's another word meaning, um, or I'm sorry, the word is not just blemish, it's without blemish. Sorry, classmates, all right? That's why I call you my classmate, because you know, I'm, a, I'm too goofy to call myself a teacher, <laughs> right? I wouldn't do that anyway, man. classmates. We disciples up in here, man. All right. I'm still chief class clown, though. All right. <laughs> you always will be. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, so now, we're talking about without blemish. Sorry about that, without blemish. And the word for without blemish is to mean. And it comes from the word tamim, and it's another word that means it is finished. Wow. Can you dig it? I right? can. That's awesome. Can you dig it? Right? So, um, the Redeemer, Yeshua, has to have no record of a blemish or sin. Right? Amen. So, remember we were talking about capacities, y'all. Mm -hmm. Yeshua had the capacity to sin because he's fully man. Right? Yep. You can't be fully man without the inclination to sin. I know a lot of people don't like that. They say, not my Jesus, my Jesus wasn't no sinner. Yes, he was, right? 100% man, 100% God, right? He had the capacity to sin, just like Adam. See, people think that uh, Jesus is, is, uh, is, isn't like the post-fall Adam. Yeah, he is, because post-fall Adam could die, right? Yep. Post-fall Adam did die. Yeshua was more like post-fall Adam in that he could die. He was born with sin. Adam acquired sin, right? He acquired the, 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 the full symptoms of it, yeah. the full effects of it. He was born with the capacity to sin, right? He just, he, but until he actually did, he couldn't die, right? He had the capacity to do what would bring upon death, but that wasn't gonna happen until he actually did it. So now with Yeshua, Yeshua was born with what Adam was cursed with. He was born with the sin nature. That's why he could die. If Yeshua had no sin in his flesh, he couldn't die. Amen. Right? But the thing is, even though he had the capacity to sin, even though he had the sin nature in his flesh, he didn't have a record. He, even though he had that, he didn't commit any sin. So he had no record of it. Right? He was with that. So just as a spotless. bull, right? He was spotless. So a bull, y'all, a bull can have disease, sure. Yeah. But you still had to bring one that didn't have one. Exactly. Right? Don't yeah. bring me. A bull can have disease, but don't bring me one with one. Yeah. A bull has the capacity to have spots, but don't bring one, don't, don't bring <laughs> me a bull with spots. Mm-hmm. Right? Same thing with Yeshua. Sure, Yeshua has the capacity to sin, but don't bring him to me as a sin as a person who has sinned. Right? That's the glory, y'all. It is. Right? People try to say, if Jesus didn't have, didn't, of course y'all, Yeshua knew what sin was. Some people think that even Jesus didn't know what sin was. Yeah, he did. Right? It tells you in the very beginning. If you do this, man, you're going to become like one of us, knowing both good and evil. Yeah. Right? Yeah. God knows them both. I know both good and evil. So Yeshua has always known what sin is. Right? But him actively doing it, that's something totally different. I'm glad you explained mm -hmm. that because there are a few religions that have made their way, their beliefs solely on Jesus couldn't sin at all. And we, right. it's like the religion tries to help him in, the, in that holy department. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know how to put it, but. Uh, yeah, I got you. Yeah, <laughs> it's like God doesn't need our help being holy. Yes, you know? exactly. I mean, you know, uh, thanks be to God that he does give us purpose and to tell how holy he is. Yes. You know, but we don't need to make up, you know, ideas of what makes him holy or anything. Like he tells us, you know, how that goes down. And, um, and that's what makes him so amazing. Right? The most amazing. Exactly. Mind-blowing. <laughs> you know, man, we can't even keep out of the refrigerator at 11 o'clock at night when knowing that we shouldn't right? be trying to get that snack, man. We can't even exactly. do that. Exactly. You know, yes, you resisted all the stuff that, that we can't. Yep. Right? That's hardcore, yes. man. That's hardcore. To say that Jesus had no sense of temptation at all, or that he isn't, there'd be no point for the devil to come and try to tempt him. Exactly. Right? Yes. <laughs> no, no point. Right? That's so, a good point. And that's what makes Jesus so hard. Y'all trying to take that away from him. Yeah. Not my Jesus. My Jesus was no sinner. Right? Come on, man. Don't do that. Right? All right. So now let's see. Um, all right. So coming off of um, it is finished and what God uses in these instructions, he, he adds these things, all these, all and all this symbolism, all this stuff is real stuff, y'all. Yeah. And all this, all, and all the stuff that it represents. 
leads up to a real figure who came, who represented all of that, to be the qualifier, the one to be able to write that covenant, right? He's, he's the guy. Yeshua kept giving that proof all the way up to the grave and beyond, yes. right? So it's like, you may have people who come in and like try to, it's like, you know, there are going to be some false ones and stuff like that. Yeshua fulfilled all that stuff. He was fully committed, y'all. Took that stuff all the way to the cross, to the grave, and, and came back out of it, right? He, he proved it all. He's like, yeah, that was me the whole time, yeah. right? I'm the one that you guys were, uh, that you were supposed to be meeting. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so now, and then it comes to the word um, male. And male is going to be, um, is, is a zaker. And including in the, in the word male, when it talks about male in here, it also means to remember, right? And what did Yeshua say? Do this in remembrance of me. Yeah. It's not just about talking about remembering after the covenant going forward. It's remembering everything that was before this moment, putting it all together. It's like, dude, do you remember this? Do you remember that? You need to remember the things that qualifies me to make a new covenant in the first yeah. place, right? Either that, you're just, you're just at the table, you know, eating bread and drinking wine with some, some lunatic, right. some liar, right? No, there has to be these things that I need you to reflect. I need you to remember these things. And now you understand who is qualified to make this covenant, Amen. all right? Let's see. Now then we, uh, it's going to say accepted. So these things that these people have to do to be accepted, you got to, you got to go out and you got to select this bull. You got to bring this bull. You're going to have to slaughter and clean this bull. That's a whole lot. That sounds like a whole lot of work, mm -hmm. right? How does that square up with the doctrine of grace? Right? Well, that's, that's the whole point y'all. And, um, it's like, uh, basically just like I said, it's God covering all the angles again. Because here's the thing, sacrifice ain't exactly something that you got to believe in God to do, right? That's true. You yeah. got pagans that, that have sacrifice. Very true. So they, they don't do it for, for God. They may do it for their gods or whichever, mm -hmm. but it's not like an idea that's exclusive to the Jews yeah. to make these sacrifices. Man will, do those on the, those, man will do those things on his own inclination. Absolutely. Right? And once again, God knows this. God knows our nature. He knows that we're going to do these things because in our self-righteousness and thinking that we can redeem ourselves or that we can appease the gods or whichever, and we're going to have good fortune and a good crop yep. and all that sort of stuff. God knows all that. So God puts an ordinance on these things. Okay, I get it. You're going to do this like this. Yeah. Right now. And, and even long before that, it, these, these things are still, they, they were, the, the dynamic was already there. Right. But God's like, we're going to have to codify this. And we're going to do this like this. And once again, God has to cover all the angles, leaving us with no excuse. Because even though they went through this, this was, this was a hard thing to do, man. It's not an easy thing to do. It's like, you know, to bring an animal and slaughter it. Because not only that, you know, I mean, you might feel kind of bad. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, man, I transgressed. And geez, man, I, I got to... You should feel you know, Look this cow in the eye, mm -hmm. bulls. Like, man, oh, no, I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> you know? Does the Just, sinner put their hand on the bull too while the priest yeah, the pri slaughters the, the, it? The priest can either do it on their behalf or they can do it themselves. Oh, From what yeah. I understand, right? I, 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 I'm learning this with y'all, right? So, um, from what I understand, they can either do it uh, with the assistance of the priest or the priest can do it on their behalf. But that's the thing, y'all. And now, now, given this is a young bull, but y'all, it's still a bull, mm -hmm. right? And, and you ever try to give a cat a bath? <laughs> okay, even even giving a cat a bath is not an easy thing to do. Right. Yeah, that, that, that you know that that thing will make you bleed. All right. Yeah. So imagine trying to cut even a young bull's throat. Wow. That ain't yeah. gonna be easy. That thing is gonna fight you. Yeah. Right. But. It just says they're to lay their hand upon its head and slaughter yeah. it, right? How you gonna do that? How are you just going to, uh, nice bull, and slaughter it? I don't imagine that a bull's just gonna let you do that. Even if you got it in a cave, that thing, right? Yeah. That thing's gonna put up on, it's like, you know, they, they may be like made of some wood or something like that. It's like, hey man, you trying to cut its throat. 
you know, it's, it, it, I don't know, the bull can tear it apart if it wants to. Yeah. Okay, so I, you know, but what I'm getting to y'all is this. There seems to be this docility with slaughtering these animals. Because that's all it says to do. It doesn't say to, to take hold of it and, you know, wrestle it down or anything. It just says lay your hand upon its head and yeah. slaughter it. All right. Y'all, that's a picture of the docility of Yeshua hmm. when it was time for his execution. Yeah. Right. So. And let, I'll just address this, you know, really quick. In this picture of the docility of Yeshua, one would say, you know, well, why? Why why didn't Yeshua put up a fight? He put up no struggle, you know, aside from, you know, him going into the temple and, you know, turning over tables and stuff like that. But that wasn't him, like, fighting back against people who were trying to attack him. Right. He went in, one, he went in there to make the de declaration, I'm God. It says, my house will not be, will be a house of prayer. Who are they going to be praying to? As him, right? Is God, right? He's turning over the tables because the tables represent him. Mm -hmm. Right. So and um, and when he's doing that, y'all, that's that's not quite the same thing as him uh, leading like a violent insurrection. Right. So it wasn't like so because some people may be like, well, man, Jesus is like, you know, it's a sissy, man. Or he's just some hippie, man, who teaches us to to not be violent or anything like that or turn the other cheek. And it's like, no, 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 you're missing the point. Jesus didn't retaliate or put up a struggle or fight back because history had to show that they had no reason to kill him. That's yeah. the whole point of oh, it, right? Jesus didn't, he's like, okay, we're gonna put up a retaliation. We're gonna, you know, strike here and we're gonna do this. And he didn't, he didn't make some sort of like a, a war campaign against his people. He had his war campaign, but not in, in the way that we understand it. Right. But y'all, it had to be shown. It's like, dude, you guys really slaughtered an innocent man. You had no reason to kill him. Even uh, Pilate, it's like, dude, what? I don't see any reason to put the man to death. What are you killing him for, right? There was no reason to kill him. Yeah. Right. We'll talk. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a second. Um, but that's why yes, it's like it's, even some Jesus was just some hippie. It's like, look, Jesus wasn't no sissy. Okay, Jesus took some serious licks. Right. For him to not, it's like he walked all the way up to us. Says, "Good, give me, give me your best shot, man." Yeah. Took it all. Took it all. That ain't no sissy. All right. And, so and, true. and not only that, uh, he ain't, you know, that's not something he's letting slide. Yes. He's coming back. Yes. Right. Armies with him, And he doesn't even need the armies. But just to let you know how how deep Jesus is getting ready to come back and put his foot deep into some crack. <laughs> All right. Way deep. He's I'm glad a, you went there too, mm -hmm. babe, because there are some religions who mm -hmm. have built their religion off of him yeah. being uh, absolutely nonviolent. Yeah, it, not not no true. No wars. You're never supposed to fight in a war. Mm -mm. Yeah. So yeah, thank you for clarifying. Right. Yeah. It's uh, there's it's like Yeshua doesn't want us pursuing wars. Right. You yeah. know, that, that's that's not the thing. But when you have to defend yourself, if you got if you've got a party that's coming to bring you harm. You know, they will, will do it. but still, that's not shown in Jesus because people came to bring to do him harm. Y'all, y'all need to understand something. The reason, just like I said, Yeshua had to show that he had no record of giving them a reason. He, Jesus gave them right. none. They had no excuse to kill him, none. But the bigger picture is, y'all, is that Yeshua had to die because he's the only one who can beat death. Exactly. That's what they say. Yes. You, none of us can beat death, y'all. Nope. Right. So if somebody comes to to kill us, we have the right to defend our lives. We can't resurrect ourselves. Yeah. Right. If we let somebody just kill us, you know what that is? That's suicide. Yes. All right. Yeshua didn't commit an act of suicide. Yeshua committed an act of sacrifice in a war. Basically, Yeshua threw himself on a grenade to save us. Yeah. All right. Yeshua didn't receive. He, he wasn't a. Uh, uh, there was no draft exemption, as I say in one of my songs. He, there was no draft exemption for this royalty. All right, Yeshua stepped off his throne to go to the front lines in this battle. Yes. He didn't commit suicide. He was sacrificed. He sacrificed himself. Right, took a bullet, jumped in the way of a yes. bullet for us. That's what he did. Yes. All right, any of us assuming that oh well we're just gonna we're just gonna let the enemy come in and and slaughter us? No, that would be suicide. Big yeah. difference. 
All right, that would be an act of self-righteousness that you just do not do. If you're a soldier or something like that, or and the, the word says, no greater love than a person has for somebody who would give up their life for a friend. Yeah, that's a sacrifice, all right? Like say for instance, you might be, um, you know, in a battle or something like that, or if you if, if you see somebody cross the street, grandma's cross the street, and you run out there and you push her out of the way, and you know, and and you end up getting you know hit by a vehicle, you know, sadly enough, you know, the Lord looks kindly on that. No greater love, no greater love than a person would have, you know, who would give up their life for a friend, you know, and that's that's a really friendly thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a super friend. Amen. All right, but. To let somebody just come in and bring death to you and you don't put up a fight, that's suicide. That is not, <laughs> that does not please the Lord. All right. Uh, it's like unless the Lord has put, you know, this call, like, like, like straight up, like addressed you and says, you're going to do this. Like, say, for instance, like with Paul, Paul yeah. was sent to get in the way of these licks. True. All right. Yeah. He was, and, and there was times when even Paul was let out of prison. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, not, it's not time yet. <laughs> All right. So and and Paul, you know, he, he he did his job, but he had a divine commission. He's, the Lord appeared to him personally. Yeah. Right. Spoke to him personally. And uh, so that's that's different. It's like y'all don't don't assume that that's 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 your role. All right. If, if uh, you know, if you're thinking that uh, being meek means being allowed to let yourself be slaughtered when no, no, that's that's not what that means. That's, yeah. You do the Lord a disservice in, assu in assuming that you can do that. That's that's the that was the Lord's role, right? Amen. He is the sufficient one to do that. The yes. sufficient one to do that. All right. Um, okay. So let's get on down to. Um, let's see. Now it's, and we're talking about this blood, y'all, and we're splattering all this blood all over the place. I want to reiterate uh, why is the blood so important. Right, dude, it's so, why is this so bloody, man? What's up with the blood? What's God's thing with the blood? Y'all, the reason why the blood is uh, so important and how it has to be spilled and stuff like that is because that's God pouring his wrath out on the blood. We need blood to live, right? You gotta have, you gotta, duh. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have blood to live. But the thing is, y'all, blood carries oxygen. We breathe, right? And the blood takes it to where it needs to go, Yeah. right? We were supposed to be dependent on the air that God breathed into man. Yeah. Right? God breathed uh, into Adam's nostrils. Adam became a living soul. That is the breath. That is the air that we were supposed to be dependent on. When Adam's transgressed, he gave dominion over to the devil, who is the prince and the power of the air. Yes. Which means that when we breathe in, he is in our blood. The one who rules the air rules our blood. Oxidizes. Right? <laughs> Literally entropy. Yeah. You don't want, and we don't want that, and yeah. God hates that. God hates it. Yeah. That the devil was given dominion over our blood when mm. God was supposed to be the one who travels through our blood. Wow. It was his breath that he breathed into us that we were supposed to be breathing. Yes. We gave that to the devil. That's why that blood has to be spilled, and God pours his wrath out on it. Okay, so when people are on, say, what's up with the blood? What's up with the blood? That's why. That's really interesting. All right. Uh, so now let's get into that skin. It's going to talk about skin and the skin has to be flayed, y'all. Um, meaning that the skin has to be separated from the body. It's gruesome, right? Yeah. But our, our flesh, y'all, is not acceptable in heaven. So it has to be separated True. from us. Right. We're going to be changed. Before we can enter the kingdom. Right. Thank you, Jesus. Um, yeah. And then you're going to divide it into pieces. And that's a picture of how people are divided over Yeshua, mm. right? We're definitely divided over Yeshua, yes. huh? Right? It's like, man, how this stuff adds up, man. I'm telling you, man. It's like either <laughs> Yeshua is, is either the king of kings or he's the king of coincidence. Oh. <laughs> I opt I, for he is the king of kings. Ooh, we might be going a little bit long with that one. Um, <laughs> and, 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 you know, it's... it's, it's, it's only because I'm like looking at the class and say, dang, because, you know, time goes by, we're having fun. As far it as I'm does. concerned, we're having fun, right? Uh, but I understand that you guys might have to go to work in the morning or, or you know, stuff like that. I understand. And uh, so we'll go ahead. We'll cut it short for this one. And yay, what's wrong with a little bit of a cliffhanger, right? Right. All right. So we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll do a part one and uh, we'll do a part two. And hopefully you guys will join us again for part two. 
uh, you know, more bl mind blowing stuff, y'all. Yes. And uh, the Lord, you know, the Lord, you know, he, he brings down the goods, y'all. So uh, I hope Always. you guys will, will come in for that one. And uh, so in the meantime, the Lord shalom to y'all. Yes. And, uh, you know, bless it, his blessings be upon you, his peace, yes, his power. Um, you know, we want to be effective, salt and light, fruitful for his glory. And uh, we want to be a blessing to him. So, uh, you know, and let's bless him by studying with him some more. All right, so we'll see you all the next week, y'all. Love.